What is that song? Um, oh my God, what is it? What is it? What is it? Flagpole Sitter? No, that is Harvey Dangerous, Flagpole Sitter. That's oh. the one that has uh, uh, raised up the flagpole and see who's alive, but no one ever does. I'm not sick, but I'm not well. Yeah. And I'm so high. So what is all saying? Because I'm in hell. In hell. Yeah, but what is right all now, I'm in hell. But what is all saying in logic? Cool. It doesn't matter. Welcome to Bonehead. Hold on, hold on. All sane and logical. And my pride and my children She's and wine. Everything is doubt. Turn me inside out. Thing. Eve, Eve 6. Eve 6. Eve 6. Boom. Now we can start the show about 90s cartoons. Welcome Part to three. Bonehead. <laughs> so I was, telling Christy, I was telling Christy about this uh, and she said, uh, holding a crying child, screaming at me. Really? Three? Three episodes for 90s cartoons? And this may be four. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe 17. I, we don't I, know. I know we finished the number two at about 1 a.m., but, uh, and I said, ah, 80 people gives a shit, right? Yeah. I must have had some sleep. We're doing three episodes, maybe four on 90s cartoons. Yeah. It's a We've big, done it's a big... way more on way less. Yes. We've done way more on Stephen King. Which is one guy. Which well, is way less than the entire That 90s. is true. By the way, if you're watching this, I have a country boy head on. No, they do not sponsor us. I just felt like my head wasn't really... Because um... that's, that's all they care about about the YouTube channel is Joe's hair. Yeah, I watch That's only for I Joe's guess. hair. I used to only do the audio, but then I was like, "Wonder what Joe's hair." Have you have like. you have you downloaded the video and did an edit over the past eighty six episodes to watch it as it slowly falls out? <laughs> It's, you know, it's that's not true, but the gray, the gray is coming in, specifically in the beard. Do you guys ever use that beard stuff where it's supposed so hold to make on. it darker? So hold on. Mm-hmm. You put on a gray hat to enhance the grayness in your beard? No, that was the only one I had down here. I didn't have a black hat. Well, actually, Yo, there's a, I was going to say there's a, a whole hats. ton of hats uh, back But there's here. the Quaker Steak 400, some sort of Yankees hat, a Harley hat, a cookie. I should have wore the Cookie Monster hat, actually. Now, I'll be honest, Joe. What you want to do, and I learned this from a makeup artist for stage. Uh, if you're trying to fill in, if you're trying to make your beard, you know, you cover gray. Gray. Uh, you can use mascara, and it thickens it a little bit. Now, I can't, can't imagine how that comes off during work. You know no, no, I mean? no. You don't want. That's what I'm saying. It's only good for stage when you're on stage. Yeah. Just FYI, if you ever need to know that. I'm just going great quick. I, I just want to talk about it now. I think you, you all want to, to talk about '90s cartoons. I think yeah. you need to be honest. I mean, uh, I mean, I I was talking about this to somebody the other day, honestly, because they were like, "I feel old." I'm like, "I don't feel old. I really don't." I'm tired. Uh, I don't. I uh, well, good for you. Hope your fucking leg falls off. <laughs> and there's the fuck. For, oh, damn it, I did it. Oh, my God, now it's all right. <laughs> all anyway, right, 90s so, cartoons. All right, so. This is part three. This is part three. Other parts. <laughs> and like I said, this may be four parts. Hopefully we'll see we, how far we go. Yeah, hopefully we haven't burned you out. Um, so we're going to start with the Didn't third. cost you nothing. The third category. And by the way, I will say a lot of the epi- a lot of these cartoons we covered in the previous episode could fall into this category. But we thought it was important to separate these for a specific reason. The third category is adult-friendly cartoons. What? Um, the cartoons in this category... Do these cartoons have sex and nudity? No. no they're, they're not adult that's, cartoons. That's not my definition of adult-friendly. Adult According friend- to work, so that adult- definition's inaccurate. So- adult-friendly cartoons. Uh, we use the idea that it contains humor that is adult 
aimed, yeah. but it goes over the head. Yeah, for kids. it's still entertaining to kids, but also didn't hesitate. To, and also, it didn't hesitate to cover some pretty serious issues. Is that your phone? No. That it's would not. probably be my phone over there. Your phone's loud. Yeah, I probably need to turn that on vibrate at some point. Um, so we can just hear. Not all. You know, from a. You're getting me Twitter painted. <laughs> I forget vibrators. <laughs> All I can say is hopefully none of our listeners are sitting on their speakers. Um, <laughs> or are they? You know, you Somebody's know. reenacting private parts. <laughs> but from a from a humor standpoint, there was humor that was uh, in these cartoons that was really adult-oriented. However, also, these cartoons managed to face difficult challenges of making animation that not only How appealed to children... How does phone have a damn doorbell on it? I don't know. That's new. Um, but anyway, it's your phone. Is it evolving? Is it? Is this Mangler part? Is it four or five? What are we? I think on? it would be part four. four. Mangler yeah, part four, four, four. Mangler, shush! <laughs> um, Don't piss off that laundry press. <laughs> but anyway, these cards. Oh my lord, we're never gonna get. The, you wonder why it's four parts. Because uh, <laughs> the Mangler won't leave us. Because the Mangler keeps coming back for more. That and Slack John McGraw. <laughs> But uh, these cartoons managed to face the difficult challenge of making animation that not only appealed to children, but also could put adults in. Not only did they achieve this goal with astounding success, but they also made some memorable moments in TV history. Um, I'm going to take the lead on this one, and I'm going to bring up what a lot of our viewers on Facebook wanted to talk about. Rugrats. Why is that one? Because um, I didn't watch Rugrats. When, we'll, we'll discuss that. Okay. Um, Rugrats ran from 1990 to 2006. 16 and, and did years. two movies, right? And did two movies. Um, three money. movies if you count the Wild Thornberrys crossover. Deuce is <laughs> Bigelow. Deuce is Bigelow? No, I don't this should be the fourth one. It, or is I, the third one? I don't know. But anyway, on TV, it ran for 178 episodes. Jeezy crazy. Um, the cartoon was about four babies. That, uh, real quick, does that yeah. include Rugrats All Grown Up? Or is that no, just it does, Rugrats? It's just Rugrats. Okay. It does not I, I, I honestly didn't know. So and it doesn't we, include the spinoffs? No. Okay. Um, the cartoon was about four babies who took on adventures over things in everyday life that they, had yet under, that they could yet understand. Um, they were often accompanied by the main character, Tommy Pickles' bratty older cousin, Angelica. The show was created by Paul Germain... Gabor Chupo, who we've heard in previous episodes, and Arlene Klasky, who we've also heard in previous episodes. Um, some directors of and writers of note, Jim Duffy, Rick Bugentel, Jeff Swampy Marsh. Bugentel. <laughs> now, Jeff Swampy Marsh went on to create, be one of the creators of Phineas and Ferb, correct? Correct. And also, um, Model Murphy's Law with Weird Al Yankovic. All comes together. Yes. Fall off the path. Uh, uh, also, Robert Mittenthal, William J. Thutt, and Mitchell Kriegman. Uh, the voice actors, because we always have to mention the voice actors. Elizabeth Daly, who you would also know from a lot of the Rob Zombie pictures. E.G. Daly, right? E.G. Daly, yeah. yes. Christine Cavanaugh, who we've mentioned in previous episodes. Tara Strong, the amazing Tara Strong. And Is it Tara or Tara? It's Tara. I'm sorry. Tara Strong. No, I, I was. I, Tara Strong, I think yeah. I've met her once, but yeah. Yeah. at Comic Con. Uh, yeah, in passing. Not, I've, not, way, I've never done a Real panel. quick, if you do have the chance to meet Tara Strong, and I haven't got to meet her. And you have a child. Um, or, well, even if you don't, okay. um, she'll record a voicemail as Harley Quinn or any of her characters for you. I watched her do that for somebody. But um, if, if you do, especially if you do have a child, you're right. I took my daughter to meet her because my daughter likes, uh, at the time, like My Little Pony, but also loved Unikitty and all of that stuff. Well, who doesn't? And she sat there and went through all of her voices for my daughter 
probably took about six, seven, well, not all of them, because she's done Rocky and Bullwinkle. She's now the new Rocky. Uh, mm-hmm. But did a ton of voices for my daughter. Took five minutes with a line waiting for her. So she is phenomenal to her fans. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I think I, I think Bonehead does a pretty good job of that. Of We, we stop and say, if yeah. you're at a con, yeah. if we happen to know these people, yeah, skip Michael Bean. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, skip Michael Bean. Um, but there was a lot more actors involved in this show. But I, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, go to IMDb, look these people up, look at all the amazing talent that was on the show. The series has many amazing episodes. Probably the most amazing uh, was the episode called Mother's Day. It shows up in a lot of popular list of some of the best episodes in television. Mother's Day is um, essentially the the four the four babies or three of the babies are trying to figure out what to get their mothers for Mother's Day. Um, one of the characters named Chucky, he doesn't have a mom. He hasn't had a mom since the beginning of the series. And the, the reason why he doesn't have a mom is never alluded to. How old are they? Uh, I think, I think the, the age ranges go that Tommy and the two twins, Phil and Lil, are two and Chucky's three. Okay. And the cousin Angelica is five or six. So this would be recent for Tommy. Yes. It's not... No, Chucky. Chucky. Chucky, And Uh, Chucky never knew his mom. It's revealed in this episode that Chucky's mother died of a terminal illness. And it's actually... um, The the father's talking with all the other parents about... He doesn't know what to do with... Like, how to handle this with Chucky. Because he's getting older. He's starting to realize he doesn't have a mom. And Mother's Day. And there's Mother's Day. There's Mother's Day. And then then Chucky's pondering, where is his mother? Why doesn't he have a mother? The episode ends um, with Chucky sitting on his father's lap, looking through a bunch of memorable things from his mother in a box, Mm -hmm. and there's actually a poem, and they read it, and they hug. It's a really great episode. Some other episodes that... uh, The show also dealt with pregnancy in a real way. Tommy's mother gets pregnant with... uh, By the way, the family's name is Pickles. Uh They named the son Dill. Ha! The the new son Dill. I got a cat named Pickles. Actually, actually they call him Dylan, but they nickname him Dill. My son calls her Pick Pick. (laughs) But uh, it deals with the. Uh, it, it actually deals There's with. Bell. It, it, de- it <laughs> deals prick. with. It deals with all the uh, the stages of the pregnancy. Um, they also deal um, the fam the main the Tommy Pickles family is Jewish, and there's a lot of episodes that deal with the Jewish faith. So in the '90s, one of the the big kudos, if you will, to Rugrats was that they actually. Because what do you have every year? You have a ton of Christmas episodes. Yeah. They were one of the first to do a whole episode about Hanukkah. Hanukkah, yeah. They also did a whole episode on pa- on the Passover. Okay. I mean, they they really got into the Jewish faith. Um, I didn't look into why. I'm assuming some of the creators are Jewish. But um, some of the personal some of my personal favorites are the Passover episode, uh, the art museum where the kids get into an art museum and they're actually trying to ponder what all this stuff is about art. Um, Reptar on Ice. It actually Reptar on Ice shows up on a lot of lists as some of the favorite episodes. Which recently, by the way, uh, I think the company that makes Funko, Funko that makes a, they made a Reptar cereal. So yeah. I just saw it and I was like, Reptar! Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. Re- Reptar is the kids. I knew about the Hanukkah one. It's Godzilla. Now. Yeah, it's Godzilla. It's the kids' favorite toy. Oh. And uh, the Rugrats movie actually deals with them being stuck in a Reptar vehicle. Thunder Lizard. Thunder Lizard. The Amazing Thunder Lizards, which was a half, which is part of Eat the Cat. Um, what the big people... We see previous episode. <laughs> what the big people do, and this one, the, the the kids deal with the imagination of what they will be like as adults, and they, they, it's kind of their the baby's interpretation of what the actual big people do in life. It's pretty funny. Um... 
But this is, and I pulled this from a website, and I, I believe it's accurate. I don't believe I don't believe there actually ever was out of the 178 episodes. I don't believe there ever was a bad episode of Rugrats. You know, the, the and I was never a huge huge fan, but I do remember a couple episodes, and they do stick with me. Um, the one where the, the father suffers a head injury. Yep. And is reduced to a childlike state so mm-hmm. they can communicate with him and they have to kind of watch over him. Uh, I remember that one. Uh, you know, and I remember, and I don't remember a lot of plot, but I remember the, is it the grandfather? A lot of the things that he would do. Because um, was he a toy maker or something? Uh, the father, the father, the father. Stu Pickles was a toy maker. And, and then I just remember the grandfather. Um, and some of that, and then I remember, of course, uh, the 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 guide, the name of the guide, uh, the author who wrote all the books about children, how to raise them. Yeah. Spock? No, no, but uh, oh, um, oh, geez, I'm sick of a Spock. But by the way, that that person, I don't remember. I'm blanking on the person's name. I actually, it's had Doctor Lipschitz. Right? Doctor Lipschitz, and it was voiced by Tony J. Tony Ja. I'm sticking with Doctor. No, it's Spock. Tony J. <laughs> anyway. Um, the reason why Rugrats is important to me, um, when I was a kid, I mentioned this previously, we didn't have cable. We only had the three stations. And when I would go to my cousin's house, um, I would wake up in the morning and turn on Nickelodeon and I would watch Rugrats and uh, the cartoon that, Jam- that James is getting ready to mention. So I'm going to ta- leave it over to James. Um, I, you know, I think uh, I've got to start with... Uh, why did you pick that one for um, an adult? I, just one more sentence of why. Because it dealt with a lot of adult heavy topics. For not example, just the humor. It's not just the humor. For example, the loss of a, the loss, uh, death, pregnancy. Some even some of the humor was adult oriented because it, it it was kids looking at their parents and interpreting things they do in a weird way. I, I, and I think that's it. You know, you talked about the interpretation of what do kids think parents do. There's an actual conversation that happened yesterday. Um, Silas, my son, looked at Dana. And now that I'm home for the summer and I'm off, I'm not, you know, I teach one class. She, he actually said, he was like, mommy, you just work too much. And it was because his, his, when I was working all the time and she was working all the time, that's what adults did. Uh Now that he's been exposed to, I have a job that takes me away for nine months, but then I have three months where, I mean, my kids are the center of everything. And so now he's like, mommy, what? Why are you doing what Daddy does? Right. And, well, yeah, and, why would he? Why would he? Uh, so you know, I, th- I think think that, anything and, different. And then especially too now as an adult, having having a three and a five year old myself. She's five. She's five. When did she turn five? I don't know, man. I'm 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 having a hard. He actually doesn't know. He's been. <laughs> oh, seriously. No, I actually don't know. Was it just a couple of months ago? She turned April last month. April. She turned April last month. <laughs> she she. Well, <laughs> She turned five in April. I'm sorry. Um, no, I was like, is it just just that? Oh yeah, because it's like, well, it's five year olds. I didn't want him to get ran over at the birthday yeah. party. But no, it was just, it was just. Uh, I'm still I'm still dealing with the fact that she starts kindergarten in the fall. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. But I mean, uh, then gray. I know everybody wants to hear this now. Oh look, the old man, the one bitched about him going gray. The other one doesn't is not a home with his kids, and then the third one's now complaining. You know, they're just growing too soon. I know. Up. But no, and I think that's why Rugrats falls into the adult friendly category. Everyone loves listening to middle aged men complain, and it helps because we're also white middle aged yeah. men, and my knees hurt. 
I tell you, I, okay. I think hey, so. there's a storm blowing in. I, I, was like, little, I think no. it's starting to rain. A little twitch in my bad knee. Well, Goddamn hipsters. My, let's talk about my ankle. By the way, I forgot to start the time this time. I know. Uh, we probably um, got to worry about that later. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, let's but, worry about that later. Yeah, let's uh, uh, let's talk about your, your, your cartoon. Mine then we'll, we'll also came out about the same time as Rogue also in Nicktoons. I have to go with it, though, because it brought me such joy. And it made me so happy. You could say it brought it was there to be happy, happy joy, joy, joy. joy. <laughs> Ren and Stimpy. Uh, Ren I have a Harlan Ellison quote about this about Ren and Stimpy. I do. Really? You no. heard it too. Really? Mm-hmm, we both did. But go ahead. Uh, I'll I, drop no. it later. Yeah, drop. So, drop so that. Ren and Stimpy. There, there's an entire drama behind the scenes about Ren and Stimpy. John Krasfalski. I'm sure I mispronounced that. Yeah, I probably. But John Kay um, created Ren and Stimpy. Spumco was his company. Uh, and if you know anything about the Nicktoons, and probably another, I don't know if you're going to bring up the uh, the other one, um, but there was nobody watching the house, so to speak. Yeah. Nick Nickelodeon wasn't overly sensitive about things in the beginning. Uh, and they always the best. They didn't do a lot of merchandising in the beginning because they didn't want to overly saturate the market. They were like, well, this may be a failed experiment. So they didn't do anything. And then Ren and Stimpy came out, and it was huge. At one point, it was the number one rated cable television show in its early days because it was off-the-wall weird. And I watched it as a kid, and it's right there, um... And uh, if you're listening, he's just pointing at the table. table. I've got a copy on the table, but uh, you know, if you it's a lovely uh, table. Well, I mean, it's it's all right. right. Uh, It's worth what I paid. It's made of the finest of plywood. (laughs) Oh no, that's that Uh, shit's particle board. (laughs) No plywood um, ever saw that. But uh, so John Krasfalski had created these characters, and he voiced Ren originally, and Billy West voiced Stimpy. Never heard of it. And they went, uh, so, Ren and Stimpy, and basically, Ren is an asthma hound chihuahua. Don't try to adopt one, they're not real. Um, but it basically yeah, made no. the idea that chihuahuas do tend to have asthma if they're pure breeds. And Stimpy was a cat. Um, and they somehow ended up living together, going on these bizarre adventures, all this stuff. And you watch some bizarre adventures as a kid, and it's funny because, oh, the cat got hit by a hammer, whatever. As an adult, and even as a teenager, I remember going, oh my God, that's so flippin' weird. Because they were door-to-door salesmen selling rubber walrus protectors. And they knocked on the door of a house. It's one of my favorite scenes. I laugh still when I see it. And it's a horse, which is on the back of the box of the season one. But it's a horse. And he says, uh, no, they're selling something else. But And he says, do you, do you happen to have any rubber walrus protectors? No, I don't, I don't think we have that. And he turns around and he pulls out a walrus and he just holds it up and goes, because I need protection. <laughs> and the walrus just goes, call the police. <laughs> and they, they walk away. They walk away <laughs> because they can't get a sale. And I laughed hard then. I laugh hard now. It's one of my favorite lines. Matter of fact, today, twice, I have looked at my kids and muttered under my breath to where one time Dana heard me, where my kids were doing something weird. And I just said, call the 
police. And, and nobody gets it anymore, but it's from Ren and Stimpy. I'm quoting Ren and Stimpy when I do it. The episodes were weird. There's an entire one where they're in space. And there's a, there's a self-destruct button. And Ren has to take a bath, but he's got space madness. So he picks up the bar of soap and he goes, <laughs> Do I... Uh, and he goes, I'm I'm not crazy. I'm going to eat my ice cream bar. And it's a bar of soap. And then it cuts back to Stimpy. And he's and the narrator starts going off going, Can he resist pushing the button? The jolly candy-like button. And the end of the episode, he hits a button and blows him to hell. That's the end of the episode. The show was weird. It was quote-unquote four kids. It aired on Nick. It was a Nicktoon. Um, but it's... It was so weird. It was it was for you keep for, saying it was weird. Can it we, was so for weird. adults, and kids just happened to go to to watch it. I mean, I honestly think that was it. It's to the point that after two seasons, depending on who you want to listen to, Nickelodeon at one point claimed what well, just took them too long to animate it because he would not let things go unless they were animated perfectly. He claims it's because they wanted to start censoring him. Uh, Spumco, they got rid of it, and Nicktoons started animating themselves. A lot of people argue that animation quality went down. Obviously, at that point, John Krasfalski left, and Billy West started doing both voices. But there was also other issues with John Kay uh, John, well. John Kay it? is a very interesting human being. But yeah, go ahead. No, he uh, he always had a underage girl with him at all times, and they were more than just friends. And it was kind of just... They just kind of thought it as the norm, and it became a big issue. Uh, and one of the episodes that really got where Nickelodeon did step in and say, we have got to do some editing, was when he introduced the character of uh, George Licker, um, who was an abusive father. And then the entire episode is about them having to deal with an abusive father figure. And they spun that off into a, a, a quote-unquote um, comic that... Krasowski did after he left. John K. did after he left. But yeah, I mean, there he was. It was almost like, well, they let me get away with this, this so far. How much farther can I go? So yeah, some well, people it's say just what he, we do. <laughs> he was yeah. Some people say he torpedoed his own ship. Yeah. Uh, he tried to bring Rand Stimpy back later. Right. On was that Spike? Yes, yeah, Spike TV. Uh, because there was one episode that he did animate. It was the one that never aired, and they aired it. And then they brought it back as as kind of this raucous party thing. But all the episodes started to deal with bodily fluids and the fact that Ren and Stimpy were lovers. And, again, it just was like, he was like, I want to push. I just want to keep pushing. Uh-huh. It just, it just wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. But if the first two seasons are so weird and over the top, the, the later ones aren't bad. It just lost that. It, it needed somebody it that was crazy. That- Love and be It needed somebody that was crazy at the helm to keep oh, it. Oh, that, that love and feeling. But love a that lot of love and feeling, and now it's gone, gone, gone. God, I wish whoa, I was gone. Whoa, whoa. Um, anyway, do, do, we do, mentioned do, this. Do. We, Sorry. We I, mentioned this last time. I mean, you always interrupt my righteous brothers. Um, because that's when you do it, it's not righteous. Um, Snookums and Meat and Two uh, Stupid Dogs, which was Hanna-Barbera's answer to it, both got greenlit because of this. Um, but there's some other people that hail it as being vital to animation you know, today. Mike Judge mm-hmm. said that MTV greenlit Beavis and Butthead because Nickelodeon, which was a sister station for them, 
was killing it with Ren and Stimpy. Um, writer uh, Larry Brody, who was one of the writers for it, uh, credits it as basically starting a bunch of adult-oriented satirical shows. And that was it. It was satire. It yeah. was over-the-top satire. So it wasn't The Simpsons, which was just an animated sitcom. It was satire. It was all meant to be, this is asinine. It's a cat and dog as door-to-door salesman or space <laughs> ranger. or I'm sorry about that. Or Royal Canadian Kilted Yaksman. <laughs> Our country reeks of trees. Our yaks are really large. And they smell like rotting beef carcasses. I'll I'll stop there. So uh, we do have to admit you uh, before we move on to the next one. I, you do have there's one key element of Brandon Stimpy that I can't believe you didn't mention. Um, what? Powder toast man. Well, there's powder toast man who fought Spider Man at one point. Really? In in the Brandon Stimpy comics, yes, issue six. Uh, huh. There's also log though. What goes downstairs? That lone orange pairs are all over your neighbor's dog. I mean, making fun of Slinky. Who who thought? Oh, you know what we need to? Who who needs taking down a peg? That Slinky <laughs> company. We'll point out that you can roll a wooden log down the steps and it does the same thing. <laughs> and that's what it was. You know, uh, Powder Toast Man. You know what he did, Joe? You know what, what he did? Made Powder Toast. Yeah, you know how he made Powder Toast, Joe? With powder. So the kids would have their toast on the table, and yeah. he would come to save the day. He would poop on them. Yeah. yeah. He pooped powdered toast. He pooped so, poop the powder onto their toast. why James doesn't remember this, we were at a con and we met Harlan and Harlan was talking about how he's going to be doing the voice for Scooby and he, and he was like, we're bringing back Scooby. And he goes, okay, I never care for Scooby. I'm more of a Ren and Stimpy guy. Oh, yeah. that's uh, You're right. I remember that now. By the way, the other thing... Oh, that, I never forgot. The, the, Harlan lives on in my heart. Oh, in shush. your heart, he does not. He shush. doesn't exist. Shut. Stifle, you, eat you it. You think Harlan's in heaven. Um, See, that's a, there's a whole other level there. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. A direct, uh, another direct influence, though, is SpongeBob SquarePants, especially when they do the extreme close-ups where they're all gnarled looking mm-hmm. and stuff. Ren and Stimpy, Stimpy did that all the time. As a matter of fact, that was one thing. Most of those extreme close-ups, because they were static shots, were actually the art of John Kay, because he loved those weird bloodshot eyes and yeah. stuff like that. So, Ren and Stimpy, um, it, I mean, I can remember, and my parents hated it, of course. Uh, my dad would laugh and say, that's terrible, you shouldn't be watching this. But that, that was that was one of the things I got away with. So we're going to continue on the Nickelodeon love train for the third for the third one. Uh, I'm and by the way, uh, on our Facebook, the people who responded on Facebook, I'm surprised nobody brought this one up. At least I didn't see it. Hey Arnold. No, you know I never really. One of the hardest I ever laughed was a Hey Arnold joke, but I really can't tell it because not nobody would laugh about it. You'd have to. It was it. I don't know. It took place in 1999, and it's gone now. I don't know. Twenty years later, episode of Hey Arnold. You don't want to talk about it. It's so obscure, and it deals with people that you you would know. Yeah, but nobody listening or watching is going to know. Gotcha. But it was an RA making fun of an RA, and it just you'd have to know who that was, and it just it's one of the hardest I've ever laughed. It was one of the best, just gag. Well, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> it's not funny to anybody but me. <laughs> And, you know, honestly, I didn't uh, know Hey Arnold. I didn't get introduced to Hey Arnold till college. 
because like I said again, I didn't have cable. So, but uh, when I did, I loved it. And you're watching Hey Arnold in college. You know there were there were there were parties. Yeah, I didn't no. do those. There was women. No. Yeah, I didn't do those. There you could meet women. I did. I I, I looked at them from afar. <laughs> so anyway, way hey, back. Hey Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> hey Arnold. I'll stay back here. Way back. back. Hey, yeah. They were in Moorhead. I wasn't about uh, mm. Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> hey Arnold ran 1996 to 2004. Ran 103 episodes. Isn't that a long time? Yeah. Their 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 Nickelodeon series were seasons were really short. Mm-hmm. Um, the show was about a fourth grader named Arnold who probably had the coolest bedroom in history. If you had look it up, best one of the best bedrooms in history. Uh, he lived in a very similar. It, it, it's actually never it's got s- Betty Davis oh, eyes. I, was, I don't know why. I was going to say. So so far, we know that Chad watched didn't see Hey Arnold. So far, we know Chad didn't watch Hey Arnold until he got to college, and he's obsessed with the fourth grader's bedroom. I don't see where this can possibly keep no. getting worse. So you were right on the head. Were you hanging out with the creator of Ren and Stimpy? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, he lived, uh, it actually has never said where he lives, but it is very, very similar to Brooklyn. Uh, the show dealt with his everyday life and his interactions for, with his friends, grandparents, and neighbors who lived in the boarding house that he, he, uh, him and his grandparents, uh, ran, uh, cre- it was created by Craig Bartlett, Steve Vixton, and Joe, I'm going to butcher this name. I didn't get, I, I tried to look up how to pronounce it and no, there was no clear uh, evidence of how to pronounce it. Joe and Sola Behir. The here be now <laughs> <laughs> directed and writers of note Steve Saki, Tuck Tucker, Larry Lichter, Joseph, shut up, Joseph Prudy, Jonathan Greensburg, and Rachel Lippman. Not Rachel. Uh, some of the voice actors, um, by the way, hi Mick. The uh, Arnold, hey Arnold, was vo- versed voiced by Philip Van Dyke. Now, why did I bring Mick's name? Mick Strawn. Mick Strawn. Why? He played young Johnny Storm in the in the Fantastic Four movie that Mick worked on. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, Francesca Marie Smith, Jamil Walker. There was actually three people who voiced Hey Arnold over the course of its run. Uh, Jamil Walker Smith, Dan Castellaneta played the uh, he was the voice of Grandpa Spencer Klein and Lane Torin. Um, just like Rugrats, this is why I've put this in the adults friendly category. It is it is a kids cartoon for the most part. However, just like Rugrats, this show covered a lot of adult-themed topics. Topics range from Arnold dealing with the loss of his parents, bullying, um, addiction, mm-hmm. the fear of the unknown, and also uh, there. this was very groundbreaking because this, especially for animation and just television in general, the show actually featured a homosexual character. Okay. Um, though during the show's run, the series never outwardly mentioned this fact. Arnold's teacher, teacher, Mr. Simmons, was a gay man. Um, in the episode Arnold's Thanksgiving, Arnold meets Mr. Simmons' family and his friend Peter. Um, dirt. Did they have to name him that? Yeah, <laughs> that's a little on the, on the head. Na- oh, oh, boo! Uh, during Do Earns, really, Do-earns. really. <laughs> of all the jokes, that was the clean one. Yeah, that was the clean one. You did, oh, you did good. <laughs> Uh, better see, than I thought. Pull it back a little bit. Uh, during, during, <laughs> I see where you're headed off to. Uh, but during the episode, the mother remarks very pretentiously at this uh, at this that she didn't know Peter was coming. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it and didn't know it till I read it just now. 
It sure was. That says more about the mother not knowing that's going to happen than anything else. I know. Um, And then Peter responds by saying, there's a lot of things you don't know. And then she kind of drops her glass in shock. Um, Then in the Hey Arnold movie that came out just last year, um, it is clearly, they're clearly homosexual because uh, the whole thing about Hey Arnold is they're going on a field trip Mm -hmm. um, to another country. And Mr. Simmons is seen giving Peter a very loving embrace. Um. The the show, I put the who. <laughs> the show even dealt with the horror of the Vietnam War, believe it or not. Because <laughs> one does. Yeah, but no, it's um, it actually is really serious. It's called Arnold's Christmas. Um, in this episode, Arnold draw, um, the boarding house that they live in, they have a secret Santa every year. Yeah. And Arnold draws the name of a Vietnamese neighbor that he, that, um, lives in the, in his, um, boarding house. Um. Uh, while trying to figure out something very truly special to get him, he finds out about his neighbor, about how his neighbor was separated from his daughter 20 years ago uh, when the family fled South Vietnam. Um, the show then revolves around Arnold and his friend Gerald trying to track down the missing daughter. They um, they uh, they actually go to a government official and, and scrape his driveway, do all these chores around the house, just trying to get the information, and then it turns out that he they can't get it. The show actually ends on a a really special note in that a Christmas miracle happens. They're all at the Christmas party for the uh, the, the the boarding house, and Arnold tells him what he tried to do for him. Mm-hmm. And there's a knock on the door, and there's the daughter, and she then becomes a regular on the show. Some of my favorite episodes: the Journal. Chocolate Boy, which was actually dealt with addiction. And it did it in a way that was very kid-friendly. There was this boy uh, who was addicted to chocolate. And he has His withdrawals. His name was Joe Lewis. <laughs> but it deals with a lot. It, there are very similar <laughs> drug addiction. Drug, drug. Uh, when Dude, you, it, I just snorted a Hershey bar. Uh, <laughs> when they caught him sn- snorting the Hershey powder, that was. That oh, was our first break, did. can you get us some chocolate? No. I done did it all. You bastard. <laughs> you got an eight ball of chocolate and said that would do all weekend. Oh my God. But, I got uh, an eight ball bunny. <laughs> <laughs> and then he squeezed it full of Hershey syrup. and just... oh, That sounds delicious. <laughs> uh, Stoop Kid. Jesus, you ever had any of Hershey syrup? It's amazing. Keep going. No, Stoop Kid, Pigeon Man, Parents Day, and Dino checks out. Parents Day is a really special one because... Um, all the kids are doing something. Uh, it's at the school, and all the kids are doing something very special for his parent. They're with their parents, and Arnold doesn't have his parents. He has his grandmother, his grandfather, and his sister. And uh, it's just Arnold envisioning, like, what his parents could have been. Does it explain what happened to his parents? Not really. It's never really explained what happened to his parents. Okay. They just, um, I, th- I believe, they I believe... took a cruise with the all the parents from Disney movies, and that I was that, thinking the um, same thing. Disney killed all the parents. That boat. Never had a shot. In Ar- Why did they get on the Titanic? They got on ghost ship. <laughs> and in, in Arnold's head, it actually involves a, a plane crash. Mm. So it's a really great episode. And also, Dino checks out, which is about a, a the his his grandfather's favorite uh, art a singer was a guy very similar to Dean Martin who who faked his own death. It's kind of along the lines of the Krusty episode, where Krusty, you know, for insurance fraud, crashes yeah. himself. Similar, similar thing. All right. So we're going to take a break now. Yep. yep. Would you pause that, please? Oh, yes. Why are we whispering? Oh, I don't, you're just going to cut this shit out. Oh, that's pretty cool. 
Joe sits back down. Now basic okay. instinct me. Basic instinct me! Sharon stone me! Only for Hershey's syrup. Oh. You know, I, I, I'm trying to actually think, and I know we're, we're, we're on this recording Matron, but you know, I, I am torn Would between... Would you leave my Diet Dr. Pepper tin that makes me feel like a man alone? <laughs> um, I'm kind of torn on some of the other ones that Why I could see. Why are you staring see. longingly at a tab? Because uh, one of the ingredients for a tab is potassium benzoate, and in quotes, I'm sorry, in parentheses, it says, To protect taste! Obviously, this show has never seen potassium <laughs> in the way. Um, we, should, we, should, we should bathe in that shit. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a couple uh, other ones I would think that are kid-friendly. Um, but yeah, I, I really am struggling to think of ones that are purely kid-friendly. I guess one that I watched when I was younger that my parents watched with me, and now I get more of the humor in it. Um, do you think The Critic? I think The Critic is kid-friendly. It's on my list. The critic I love, and then there's a couple things I want to talk about. Saying the critic. the critic, it's weird how he's saying critic. Critic, say cool whip. <laughs> cool whip. I don't know what his deal is. Whip. Wait. Well, anyway. Whip. Anyway. Whip. Um, but the critic's a quintessential '90s show. I was thinking about this the other day. I was reading, doing research about it, and, and they pointed something out, and it actually made me start thinking. The critic, uh, and their conversations always about bringing the critics back. It is a darling for critics, and and it has a cult following still, and all this stuff. But one of the things that they said was it is very much of the nineties. I haven't seen it in years, dude. And so it was developed by two of the writers for The Simpsons, and Matt Groening actually I have a quote from him where he says that it is the show that he never worked on that he gets linked to the most because it it. It did it's, cross over with The Simpsons, and it used his writers created. That being said, they intentionally created Jay Sherman as the antithesis. Antith- I screwed that up. What? Timer. Um, I don't know what a timer is. Uh, the, uh, the they created him as the antithesis, Mr. Sherman. Uh, of, we can't do nothing in secret in this show. I can't uh, understand you. <laughs> of you Homer have to Simpson. Speak up. He's over here mouthing if you, away if you're listening. If you think mouthing, about. You just say watermelon. Other, you say you want a, a, a fracas. Vacuum? You want yeah. a vacuum? Fracas. Well, um, if you want a fracas, sir, we'll we'll throw hands. He'll, he'll have a Donnybrook. He will. He'll, he'll will. We'll he'll. get all fracasy up in here. Anyway. Y'all want chicken. Uh. <laughs> Name, <laughs> name of the episode. Um, now I want chicken or fracas. Makes me want. I don't know how to spell no fracas. F R A C C S. Oh, <laughs> you neither one of you can spell shit. I spelled it right. It's, it's one C, right? I, I thought it was know. two C's. You continue it, you on with spell uh, it to you, find the it. critic. Was a quintessential night show because that was when late eighties, early nineties right. was when you had uh-huh. television critics. You had uh-huh. obviously. Cisco and Ebert, George, heard Cisco, of them. Gene Cisco, George Gene Scott, Cisco. right? Um, don't panic, room. I don't want to William hurt you. Anyway, um, Michael Wallace, all of those people. <laughs> I don't think he was a critic. <laughs> and so that that was when they peaked. Was in the early nineties when the critic came Leonard out. Malton just kept putting one book but, out after another. But the, Th- that's when Entertainment Sherman, Tonight was respectable. J- <laughs> Yep. Jay Sherman was the critic, and he was designed, they intentionally set out to design him, other than being heavy set and bald, as the opposite of Homer. He is elitist. 
He is all the th- he's overly aware. He's self critical. And who he's does this all voice? the thing. Uh, John Lovitz. Never John heard Lovitz. of him. Most um, of the time it was John Lovitz. A lot of times it was somebody else that sounded like John Lovitz. Uh, really? Yep. But so well, no, no, no. Let's stop right I, there. I don't know the I don't know the actor's name, but yeah, there was there was a few there was several episodes where John Lovitz wasn't available, and they had somebody who sounded like John Lovitz do the episode. I want to say it's just I, I would assume it's got to be Maurice Lamarche. <laughs> he does. Well, great why, why, so is this? Why didn't he do it? He wasn't available. Is it a money I'm, thing? I'm, assu- I'm assuming he wasn't. I I don't have the research on it, but it was either he was working on other projects, or plain simple, he wanted more money. Well, and I know, and that was the thing. So it premiered on ABC, aired for six weeks or something, yeah, not yeah. very long. Was canceled. Fox immediately picked it up, put it on after Simpsons, did a crossover episode, all that stuff. Football in the groin. Um, it, and then it got another life through online recently ish, mm-hmm. early 2000s, through Atomic Films. Atomic Films. And there's been conversations again about bringing it back. Um, UPN almost brought it back immediately for a third season. Oh, really? After Fox canceled it. And they wrote nine, there's nine scripts that are owned by whoever owns the rights to the critic. It transferred with them because the scripts are ready to go. Uh And John Lovitz has publicly said he'd love to do it. Because he got nothing else to do. The, the, Aww. That's John Lovitz, if you want to come on the show and talk about how you went batshit conservative nuts in the last few years, we'd Um, love to speak to you. But about your career. I love John not Lovitz. Not about their other part. I, will, yeah. I love John Lovitz, sir. I will not have you besmirch him. Nah. Uh, that being said, Charles Napier played Duke, who owned who the station. Who is dead. Who, and it was a parody of Ted Turner. Garrett Graham, who came up in our last episode. You know why? Because he's in the Chud, too, Bud the Chud. Because he, he plays, plays Bud the Chud. He played Franklin Sherman. Would you like me to explain that to you some no, more? No, Because it's called Chud, too. That's a cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller. And now they did They had more Chuds. Anymore. They yeah. had the Chud, and then they was like, uh, we need some more Chuds. And they got Chud, too. And they was like, what could we call that Chud? We'll now call him Bud. Um, he played Bud the Chud. Yeah. He played Franklin Sherman in The Critic. Yep. Um... What about Bud the Chud? No, he played Franklin Sherman, who was Jay Sherman's father, and who has some of the best lines yep. because he has dementia. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, also he's a raging alcoholic, and he's an alcoholic, and and so Jay was adopted. Yeah. And there's tons of jokes about him being adopted, and his mother and father not knowing what to do because they end up having a daughter of their own later. And some of the lines from that, like I said, I watched it as a kid, and so many lines went through my head, and I've shared this with you all before, but it's still one of my favorite lines. There's a scene where they're getting ready. It's going to be the sweet 16 um, of the daughter, and they're having to get ready, and they hire the dressmaker because they're a very elite New England family that he's adopted by. And uh, the dressmaker goes, okay, I need only, only my subject in the room, everybody else out. And they all leave the room. And he goes. I have to ask you this question. If you're not watch, if you're watching, yes. you can see this on um, uh, the iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. What in the Sam hell are you doing with your hand? I'm, 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 I'm smiling because I know the joke he's going to. And everybody leaves the room, and the dressmaker goes, "Listen, sweet sixteens are much like weddings. It's about purity. So you, you need to tell me, can you wear pure white, or do we need to go with an off white or beige?" And she goes, "I can wear pure white." Except for the gloves. the gloves. I know that joke too. And that's not the only time that joke's been used. No. Um, but there's a couple other ones. In the very first episode, 
His he's got a son. You know, I want to make his, a lipstick joke. He he's got a son and and it's he's divorced. And in the first episode, a beautiful woman ends up with him in his room, and his son is there. And he says, "Son, you may have noticed a beautiful woman was in my bed." And his son, whose name is Marty, goes, "Don't worry, Dad. I won't tell anyone." And he responds back, "Actually, I wish you would tell everyone, especially your mother and her personal trainer, Alberto." Um, nah. Funny. But there's also the other reason I consider it a show that's more for adults and you have to know something about film. Because when you watch it as a kid, there's, I mean, there's a Ghostbusters 3 joke and it's whatever. Ha, ah, Ghostbusters. Uh, you watch it as an adult and there's some things that you almost need to be. There's some elitism in this show, uh, including this scene. Jay has to get somewhere. He's running behind. He basically steals a truck. To get there, and he, this is a line of dialogue. I've got to keep driving. I can't stop for anything. He's driving. There's a roadside farmer who flags him down, and he goes, You can meet Ingmar Bergman. It's only 25 cents to meet Ingmar Bergman. And he goes, No, no, no. I've got to keep driving. I've got to keep driving. He drives off. The roadside farmer turns around. There's an animated version of Ingmar Bergman standing there, and he goes, Well, you'd best get back to the strawberry patch with Polanski. Strawberry Fields was a movie directed by Bergman. Yeah, and, and so you know those fields are forever. And so it's it was a show, and I said always conversation about bringing it back. Always it was worse. brought back as Atomic Films when they brought it back as Atomic Films. Though they only brought back John Lovitz. Yeah, and the rest of the cast never. Well, Charles Napier's dead. Well, they could have hooked him battery up to it. They could have done what uh, several other shows did that he was involved with and just Squid Billy's they replaced him. Well, yeah. they replaced him before he died, though. I, well, I would imagine he, you know, probably wasn't able to keep his I schedule. Don't know. We also need to bring up, when we brought, we mentioned it in the Pinky and the Brain portion of the last episode, is the uh, Alf Orson Welles peas commercials. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that is one of How taste the rich green penis. That is sick. <laughs> And they just starts grabbing handfuls of them. Oh, they're, well, they're even better, better raw. <laughs> I've not seen this. Um, <laughs> and it's Maurice LaMarche is doing the voice of which we would now go on. Um, but yeah, the critic is it, it ran two seasons full, and then it did a season online, which you, I don't think they ever released on DVD or anything. Um, but chat, when, let's talk about yourself. When, <laughs> When the DVD came out, it was actually an immediate hit, and they went through five pressings, uh, but which in books would be I've five been editions. Through several depressings. I have that all the time. Uh, but so, if you've never seen the critic, it is. I mean, the jokes are now heavily '90s based, but it was also written as a love letter to New York, and and one of the things that they say, and New England, New York, New England area, and that's what they say that the Simpsons was solely aimed at Middle America. Um, the critic was aimed at those elites and things like that. And here's what's really funny about it is it failed there. Who really loved it? Where did the DVD sales spike everywhere? It's the, it's the same place that loves The Simpsons. It's the Midwest. Because to them, it parodies what's wrong with the New York elite. Right. And so it makes all those Bergman jokes. It does all that stuff. But really, the people who love it are people like me. When did Dr. Katz come out? Uh, I think that was 90s that was as 90s. well. Yeah, it was 90 as well. I was wondering why another Roddy barred it uh, I would up, argue that I thought it. about doing that, but I thought that would be adults nope, only. Yeah, that would be our fourth category. I mean, that's... that's, that's <coughs> Excuse me. Because um, he had that condition where he shook all the time. Yeah. 
Um, There's an entire family guy joke. So some some uh, um, only eighty one episodes. The, yeah, nineteen ninety five to two thousand and two. So um, another episode, another cartoon we should probably talk about in the adult-friendly uh, cartoons is uh, Rocco's Modern Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Nickelodeon. You, we have to talk about Rocco's Modern yeah. Life. Uh, it was actually created by... Uh, one of the creators is Steve Hillenberg, which you would know from SpongeBob SquarePants. This was his cartoon before SpongeBob. Yeah. Um, he, and he also worked with Tom Kenny, who was the voice of Heifer. Uh, Carlos Alice Rocky was the voice of Rocky. Charlie- and Tom Kenny was the voice of... Uh, Heifer, yes. He went on to be the voice of Spongebob. And I've met him. So you can go online to Comic-Con and watch the interview I did with Tom Kenny. Oh yes. Who is a very sweet person. <laughs> he really was. Yeah. Anything else you want to mention to Comic-Con while we're sitting here? Go to Comic-Con and check out Bonehead. <laughs> One of the most subscribe. important, most memorable to me parts of Rocco's Modern Life, and there's some episodes that I love. Oh, God, yeah. There's a uh, lot of adult the humor in Rocco's Modern Life. The B-52s. But do you, that didn't come in until the second season. That's Did you true. know that? It was the first season, it was actually just a... a, a I don't a, remember. But, you know, it also had a huge amount of fans, and you can look this up on IMDb. Richard Simmons was a huge fan, and it was one of the few shows, especially animated, that he said, I will do a voice, and you can parody me, and I will play that character, because he loved Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah, I mean, there and the reason why it is adult friendly is there was some pretty adult themed jokes in that show. Um, one of my favorites is uh, Rocco has to go get his driver's license; it has expired, so he goes to the DMV, and it's a, it's a lunatic asylum trying to get his uh, license. There's a they make him go get an eye test mm-hmm. at the DMV, and he goes into the doctor's office, and the doctor pulls out his eyeballs from his sockets. He's holding them in one hand, squeezing them together, and he says, "Okay, now cough." <laughs> and then the, the the doctor looks at the camera, like saying to the adults, "Yeah, you know what I'm doing right now." <laughs> and then there was the one where he's he's uh, Rocco's trying to find a job, and he takes a job at a phone sex hotline, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Isn't there the one with Heifer gets caught in the machine, the milking machine kind of thing? Yes, yes, and it's there, much more of us. And there's an episode that they made fun of, or that where. It was the only time Nickelodeon directly censored them, which was silly, because basically it was Heifer Goes to Hell, was going to be the name of the episode, and they wouldn't let them do it, call it that. They had to change it to Heifer Goes to Heck, but they didn't watch what they write, so they wrote all these terrible things into the script. Right. But all all Nickelodeon said was, you can't say hell. <laughs> so they made the episode ten times worse. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's... I'm I'm blanking. But then there's an episode where Rocco goes to see Heifer's family, uh-huh. and it turns out Heifer's adopted, and he was adopted by a pack of wolves. <laughs> and it turns out, and and Heifer, who is a complete idiot, never realized that he was adopted. And Rocco kind of drops the ball in the in the household. By the so way, you ripped this completely off from the jerk. Yeah, basically, I didn't realize that until just now. Uh, they're all sitting around. Uh, the table with a gigantic like deer on the table and they're just all gnawing into it along with heifer uh-huh. <laughs> like no, there's nothing else going on and one of the grossest things it's probably one of the grossest things I've ever seen in cartoons and I, I watched it recently because I own the series and it still grosses me out the grandfather has no teeth so one of the uh, the the mother and father make heifer's brother feed him and he takes a big chunk of this elk and puts it in his his mouth and chews it into this like sloppy 
yeah. gray paste, and then he spits it into the grandfather's mouth, and the grandfather's just sitting there gumming it, and it's all dripping down. I'm waiting for the negative. <laughs> There's no negative. It's just, it's just utterly gross, and I'm laughing the well, whole what time. If you can't eat. You've been doing. You've been baby birding me for years. Well, yeah, but that's different. That was a different. Um, <laughs> he has no animated. teeth. You just have a little parakeet throat. <laughs> he has to start at six a.m. and work till midnight to keep me this fat. <laughs> that's why. That's why he had to grow that beard. Wait, I need to correct myself. The episode was actually called "To Heck and Back." Oh, okay. Uh, and and what's funny is if you watch it, um, that they, they were so upset about that that later on. And by the way, it again features his family. Grandpa Wolf is yeah. featured in this one, um, but they later on, as a joke, just to see if they could get it by, did an episode where they they go to the carnival and intentionally put a ride called the Elevator to Hell, and they left Hell in it. Nickelodeon didn't say anything. But in the episode, since they had to change it from to hell and back to heck and back, in the episode that when you get to hell, there's a sign that says welcome to hell. And hell is literally very visible, but just X'd out. And they write heck underneath it. And it looks like it's been pinned in. And that was their comment back to Nickelodeon. And Nickelodeon didn't care. They just had to have the title change. Now, we'll say this in another episode. There, and he appears in several episodes. Rocco's modern life's version of the devil is utterly weird. It is a guy in a black, head to toe, just covered in, in like a black uh, ghost outfit. And all you see is his eyes. You don't see his mouth or anything. And he has these weird, bulbous things coming out of his head. And sometimes he takes the mask off, and it's just kind of like a skelly face. I have no idea why they drew the it devil that like way. The, the, the seventh, the, the, the seal. Oh, is that how the seven seal? Is that how the seven seal was somewhat to like that? Yeah, didn't maybe that maybe it was an homage to that. A little bit, but no. Rocco should have. Uh, I just want to bring Rocco up because it isn't a very adult-oriented cartoon that was clearly aimed towards kids. My dad, uh, and again, I just say about it because he's what, death in the seventh seal. He's not really. But he any any time I would be watching anything like that, the one episode I remember, my dad literally stood up and went, "What are you watching?" Was the episode where there's it's summer and the heat is miserable, and Rocco is just sitting there with a fan on him, and he's like this, and sweat's pouring out of his armpit into what was the dog's name? Oh, Spunk, Spunky, Spunky, or so yeah, and and Spunky keeps drinking up the sweat, and then it just sweats down more, and he just keeps lapping it up, and my dad was like, "That is gross." <laughs> it is gross. Well, yeah. There you go. You and my dad have something in common. Do you have one you want to bring up? No, go ahead because I, just I, see, some, I see Bobby's World on your list. Yeah, and, and that Ooh. was Howard. Yeah, Howie Mandel doing Bobby, which he had done in stand up for years. Obviously, a little bit more edited for a cartoon, and and still sounding somewhat like Gizmo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But what I loved about Bobby's World was, and I didn't really get it when I was when it first came out because I was oblivious. But I love the fact that the family's last name is generic. Generic. I never realized that. But it's generic. He couldn't think of a name, so he goes, oh, just, just generic. And it, we'll just pronounce it generic. And that's the ongoing joke in the show. Every time they will say, Bobby generic, it's generic. Or, I'm sorry, I did that backwards. Bobby generic, generic. And that's what that was the joke for that. And I was like, that was more brilliant than Saturday morning cartoon should have been. Yeah, yeah Bob, Bobby's World was on my list. Also, Gargoyles. Christy was going to was threatened you if you didn't talk about gargoyles. I got to talk about gargoyles. It and it 
technically it could have gone into the superheroes category but man gargoyles was very complex and it could not it it was almost more complex than Batman the Animated Series, in my opinion. And it was Disney. And, 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 and by the way, the Batman animation is phenomenal. But there's something about Disney animation. And yeah. Gargoyles had that Disney. And Gargoyles dealt with some adult stuff. And that's what I'm, and that's there, why I brought it there's up. There's a gun episode. Exactly. There's a gun violence episode where I believe it was uh, Lexington. By the way, all the Gargoyles... Um, so let's start from the beginning. Gargoyles... And this is probably the most... Insane uh, adult or, or adult blah, 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 adult adult theme topic that the show covered genocide uh-huh. because uh, the show starts with it takes place in the medieval a- the medieval ages and um, the Middle Ages Lord have mercy if I could talk uh, the Middle Ages and basically uh, these uh, people are the gargoyles have protected them for years and somehow they they get turned against to the gargoyles. And the whole thing about gargoyles is during the day they turn stone, at night they break free and mm-hmm. they protect the, the castle. During the day they destroy all the gargoyles, except for this small group who had to go out and protect them. Mm-hmm. And they come back and they realize there's been a mix-up and they should never have done that. And the gargoyles who are devastated that their all their entire species is wiped out uh-huh. decide that. They don't want to go on living. They have a curse put on them to where they stay stone until modern until the 1990s when a, a mega millionaire comes out and resurrects them. And then we talk about they have such a, they covered such topics as gun violence. I believe it was Lexington, who he was he was he was uh, voiced by uh, uh, Patrick Starr, the coach, the guy from Coach. Oh my God! Oh, uh, favorite back? Yes. Uh, the uh, Patrick. Yes. Thank when you. When you said Patrick Star, I was like, "Who in the hell's Patrick Star?" Yeah, <laughs> Patrick Star from SpongeBob SquarePants. But his name's not. Is it's not Star? Is it's it? Patrick Star. Is it really? Yeah, because he's a starfish. You dumb bastard. <laughs> I didn't know he had his last name was Star. But I no, mean, the, I was a starfish. Their their human companion in this episode in the show is a uh, Renee. Mon- no, not it's Renee Montoya. That's uh, from DC Comics. But anyway. Uh, it's he, Renee Aberjonas. Yeah, no, I wish. Uh, but she, uh, she's a cop, and he comes in and starts playing with her gun, and he drops it, and it goes off and shoots her, and she ends up in the hospital. And it's all about Lexington not knowing what to do, about telling Goliath, who's the leader, that he just shot. Who was o- voiced by Keith you go, David? Keith, Keith David. Is it Keith David? Keith David? Yes. Uh, who the hell did Jonathan Frakes voice? Jonathan, Jonathan Frakes voiced the villain. He was David the villain. Zach, well, actually, and he's not the villain. I didn't in the know beginning. it was Keith. I've never seen one episode of. He, he's not really the villain in the beginning. What, I was waiting think. for you to say Jonathan Frakes because I thought that was who did it, yeah. and I was going to say now if you like Jonathan Frakes, he's a very nice guy. You should go on Comic Con's website. You can go on YouTube and look up the interview I did with Jonathan Frakes. That's all here's, I have to add to this. Here's episode. some of the talent that worked on that. Which, by the way, originally Gargoyles was pitched as Two Takes of, Frakes. It was kind of pitched as as gummy bears. It was going to be more of a comedy series with some adventure in it. Obviously, that changed. That would Keith have been David, a compare. Uh, Keith David was Goliath. Uh, Sally Richardson Whitfield, Jeff Bennett, Frank Welker, Ed Asner was Hudson. Yep. Uh, Bill Fagerbacki was Broadway. It's Bill Fagerback. Thank you. Fagerback. Yeah. Uh, Tom Adcox Hernandez was Lexington. Jonathan Frakes, as we mentioned, was David Zonatos, who wait. Starts- George Fagerback was who? 
Broadway. Broadway. I'm sorry. It was Broadway, not Lexington. Uh, My fault. Lexington's where you live. Marina Sirtis. Laura Sangia. I'm sorry. Did they just stop by the next gen cast and say, would you like to come do this? Laura Sangia Como. Yes. Thomas F. Wilson. Who is a great actress. God, I wish we could get... At, and I wish she'd do more. Yeah. John Reese davies Never heard of him. Clancy Brown. Never heard of him. Jim Cummings. Never heard of him. Ed Gilbert. I've met Jim Matt Cummings. Furrer. Tim Curry. Cree Summer. Michael Doran. Peter Scolari. See, I told you, next gen. Peter Scolari. Garrett Graham. David Warner. Garrett Graham. Now, who's that? See, Joe, he was in this movie called Used Cars. He was in this movie called Chud, too. No, See, they cars. didn't have... He was Bud. Kate Mulgrew, Chud too, Bud Diedrich Chud. Bader, Pat Fraley, Nichelle Nichols, Xander Berkeley. I can go Are you on. done? I, seriously. I, yes, uh, Tony J. Tony J. Good Tony J. Tony J was in it. You ever what heard that Tony J? What else do you want to say about <laughs> Garrett Graham? Um, who was in Bud the Chud. He is Bud the Chud. But it also we what's the name of the movie? What's the name up? of that movie where he was Bud the Chud again, Joe? Chud too. What was that subtitled? Bud the Chud. Um. But yeah, no the. Uh, where are we at? We got about five more minutes. We really ought to wrap some of this up. Well, no. So uh, yeah, no. Uh, Gargoyles was, and it had a comic followed, and then they did a follow-up series, which isn't as well loved. Um, but it's another one that everybody wants to come back. And um, also that Disney has never released the, the, the entire series. Well, if we had a quarter. Yes. Um, but and if quick, I had a hammer, is, I'd hammer it has in the morning. Been, it has been deemed Walt Disney's most popular cartoon show as far as a, a, the entirety of the show. And there was an annual convention that started in 1997, which was after it was canceled. And that convention actually only ended in 2009. They finally discontinued it. But it ran for 12 years, 13 years, after a show was canceled. Okay. I mean, what sort of geeky thing has to happen where you have a show that is canceled? I don't know, DeForest. So, are there other honorable mentions? Do we need to take a break? Let's take a break and we'll come back with the honorable mentions. Twenty-six minutes. Okay, let me. So we're gonna have to do a part four, aren't we? Yep. All right. So we'll hey, bring the it. good news is we're getting ahead. So when I'm when I'm gone, when, when I'm, I'm gone, gone, you're gonna miss. Oh one. shit! We're we ready. Nope. I did pop <laughs> your mouth. <laughs> if you can see the YouTube, I'm picking up the cheesy poos because these guys are still going. So we're going to talk about the honorable mentions and then we're going to wrap up this episode and tune in for part bit, four gee, many of 90s cartoons. What did I say? Which we will for? get into the adult I told only. you to just go do your own podcast about cartoons. Be successful. Listen, I, I don't want to hear shit. Six parts on Stephen King. Stephen King. You helped. He's the one that was quiet. But yeah, I contributed content for your desire to do talk about Stephen King out the ass. It wasn't all me. That was a lot of that was Haley. Well, I know, but we like Haley. Thanks. <laughs> James, Hold I thought on. you were going to chime in on that one. Haley. Haley. <laughs> Not going to tell me. forget. So no, some honorable mentions we're going to talk about. The Wild Thornberries. Doug, which was very... Stanhope? Stan... <laughs> yeah, Doug Stanhope. Was that was a great cartoon with Disney, or with Nickelodeon? I don't know why they canceled it after he talked about digging up his mother. Life with Louie, which was about Louie Anderson's yeah. childhood. 
Uh, Wayne fictionalized head. heavily. Fictionalized heavily, like pretty much made up entirely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Waynehead, uh, which was I don't know Waynehead. So I, that's why I wrote this one down because I figured both of y'all would give me a look about what Waynehead was. This is the one I actually had to look up because I couldn't remember the name of the show. Uh, it was a young boy named. It was a uh, created by Damon Wayans. It's about a young boy named Damien Damy Wayne from a poor background with a and he had it dealt with a lot of Damon Wayne's personal issues of growing up. Uh, uh, in uh, the bur- uh, Manhattan, sorry, Chelsea, in the Chelsea neighborhood in the New York City borough of Manhattan, he had a club foot and one big ear. Damon Wayans had all these afflictions, and it was about his, it. He it inspired him to create this cartoon, King of the Hill. King of the Here's Hill. the thing about King of the Hill: people yep. love it. it. It is beloved. I've never understood why. I'm right there with you. You know what though? It's, it's funny. okay. It has great characters, mm-hmm. but to just sit there and enjoy a show. You know, do you think it's because it, it, it's too real to us? Like we know people like that. Like, I do know a lot of people like that, and I and I, I meant what I said when, but it is got great three dimensional characters. I believe those people exist. Well, and you know, I was saying about it because don't care I never the was the biggest fan of King of the Hill. I watched it all the and time, and people that love it have have hated but, on me for that. But you know what's funny about it is, I watched it, I enjoyed it for what it was to me. But you know, you what ever I, sit there and watch it and just start laughing? Nope. No, but you know what's funny is somebody the other I, day... I did quote some of it. I was like, the other day somebody was posting quotes from it, and I was like, that's good I, I writing, and it's funny. at least once every three months. I didn't go on a click, click, make a I think it's funny, but... You know, I can't think about Boomhauer without thinking about somebody you and I yeah, both yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I quote it, but I don't uh, know that I'd ever watch the show for entertainment. You know, but I, when, when it aired all the time on Adult Swim... Mm-hmm. I would sit there and watch it, and I would. There's time. I it never was that. Oh my god, I can't stop laughing. I like, mean, there's a whole episode about how Hank is constipated. Yeah, yeah, but you know and the narrow uh, urethra. It is not. It's you know the the entire thing about it is though. Like I said, somebody was posting quotes from it on on Facebook, and I saw the quotes, and I I chuckled at the quotes. Um, but yeah, it's never been a huge belly laugh for me, and I think it's because I do like more surreal humor and wordplay, mm-hmm. and that's not that type of show. Like no, it's, no. it's a chuckle show to me, but it's not. A, oh my god, this is hilarious! It's I agree. not. It's not Frylock. Why do we always lose? Or, <laughs> I don't know why we always lose. Well, Frylock, the answer to that is easy. We dumb. dumb. We, we dumb, dumb as hell. hell. I laugh for five minutes at that, and it's a stupid line, but it's it hilarious. gets me every time. But the final two on my list, and I'm surprised. <laughs> Honestly, Joe, I thought you would have you would have brought this one up. Tales, oh. Tales from the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but I haven't seen it in 20 years. Right. But um, and then finally, and yeah, let's not forget. Let's not. This was. Let's go, not, go ahead and children have been this up, Chad. Let's not forget. Family dog. <laughs> you know, technically, that came out during Amazing Stories. But the show premiered in the 1990s. And I, reg- and I will eventually do my two-parter on Amazing Stories, with or without you gentlemen. I'm All I got to say is so let me borrow one so I can watch them because I loved Amazing Stories. I, but say, I, I just remember. need to see I them. Know, I know. appreciate it more than I did when I just I need a refresher. But no. So you're going to do that? I'm almost done. My kid can watch the intro to Amazing Stories over and over and over and over. You're, you're going to do that with or without us? With or without, without you. you. 
Because look at how much that spiked up on that. I mark. can't live. Hopefully our viewers these cheesy poos. Hopefully our viewership spikes up the same way. It's yeah. not gonna happen. <laughs> but no, so uh, that's gonna wrap up part three of '90s cartoons. And next one we'll do the adult only ones, the ones that you can't watch with children unless you're a bad parent. And then we're we will be done with '90s cartoons, and we shall never speak of them again. Actually, in all fairness, some of them you can watch with your kids. It's just that they're they are more adult yeah. and stuff. What I so. need you to do really now is to subscribe. I mentioned that right before in an episode. I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. This is actually this came up. My wife told me this. This is true. I want you all to hear this because this is why you should subscribe. My daughter went behind my back and went to my wife and said, "You know what I think we need to do for Daddy for Father's Day. I think it would mean the most to him." My daughter is is nine. I think we should all set up our own YouTube accounts and subscribe to his show to make him feel better. <laughs> And I literally, Holy shit, that's a gift for all of us. I literally went, oh, and at the same time, I was like, does she think I'm doing that poorly? Like, oh my God, if Daddy's ratings don't go up, they're going to cancel Daddy. And you know, Joe, what? Daddy's canceling himself with a pistol. <laughs> so, you know, if my nine-year-old has enough common decency to subscribe. What are you going to say, Chad? I was going to say, why don't you make your bread son? <laughs> My yeah. Brad? Brad. I can't help but notice Quentin's not pulling his own weight in this show. I've been talking shit to him for years. I don't know <laughs> So on that note, subscribe, rate us, make leave comments, uh, share us on your, your social media. That's actually what you really need to do is share, share. us. Just let subscribe us, and share. Yeah, just let your friends know. Mm-hmm. And on that, we'll see you next week. Yay. Bye, peoples. Well, we'll go back to the 90s one last time. Maybe. Two more?